Welcome to the Harley Rabbit. I'm Harley, your hostess for the evening. Can I take your coat? Thank you. Please follow me. Sit down, please. It's a little loud in here, isn't it? That's better. It's so fun to explore your kinks. You can learn so much about yourself. And that's why Slade and I built this place. It's kind of like a virtual secret cinema where you get to experience all kinds of BDSM fantasies, all from the privacy of your own headphones. So let's talk about you. What fantasies would you like to experience here? Many of our members don't know what they like yet, and they use our fantasies to learn about what works for them. Other members come here to experience something they probably wouldn't want to happen in real life, like an abduction fantasy, for example. If I have piqued your curiosity, then please pay us a visit. You can listen to some of our fantasies for free, or you can use the code INTUIT at the checkout and get 25% off any paid fantasy of your choice. Find us at harleyrabbit.com and let's see where the rabbit hole takes you. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Hey everyone, it is Harley Rabbit here. Welcome back to Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. This is the first episode for 2024, which is really exciting. Um, I'm really, really proud of how this podcast has been going and um, watching the the statistics go up as this community builds. It's really awesome to, to know that more and more people are listening all the time. This year, I am hoping to do a lot more interview style podcasts, mainly because, I don't know, selfishly, I get a lot out of those interviews. I learn so much from talking to other people. So I'm wanting to do some more what I'm calling expert interviews where I will have a particular topic in mind and I'll find someone that has experience in that area. Um, So, for example, we've done on uh, late last year, we did an episode on abduction play with Cruciator um, and we did one on age play with Bear and both of those were so informative. I can only really share you guys, share with you guys about my own personal experience. So it's really beneficial to have um, other perspectives and other like people with other experiences on this show. On that note, um, I just wanted to mention that Cruciator is doing a um, trigger warning here, a rape and abduction play workshop on Zoom. Um, That'll be happening on the 29th of January. So if you'd like to get tickets to that, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can also find a link on Cruciator's profile on um, FetLife. I have already got a ticket. I am really excited, even though it's in, I think, um, UK time zone. I'm not sure. It's, It's super early in the morning for me, but it'll be worth it. It's not every day you get to do a workshop on that kind of topic. And if you have listened to that episode that I did with Cruciator, you'll know this guy knows his shit. He is just a wealth of knowledge on this stuff. So I'm sure that's going to be a really, really worthwhile class. The other thing that I'm excited to try in the new year is to interview what I'm calling um, everyday kinksters. So these people are not particularly experienced or they're not experts. They're just people like you and me who are exploring kink um, 
and just on their own journey. And I think there's so much to learn from listening to people's stories, to hear about their challenges and the things that they've gone through um, and the things that excite them. A big purpose of this show is to really normalise this world and what better way to do that than through hearing your stories, right? So if you would be interested in being interviewed on the show, please send me a message through the Harley Rabbit website or through FetLife. Um, yeah, I think that'll be really fun. Anyway, on to today's topic. Um, I thought it's a new year. Maybe a lot of you are thinking about some new experiences that you want to have this year. Um, I know I certainly am. And a big part of having new, exciting, kinky experiences means meeting other kinksters, which can be really scary. Um, it can be risky. So I thought I would kick off this year with an episode about vetting, the vetting process. And this is a topic that I have been asked about a few times in um, DMs. So I'm really excited to be doing that episode today. My, I'm going to talk to you about my personal vetting process, but with the disclaimer that... <laughs> Um, it needs some work. And when I was researching for this episode, I really realized that I, I could definitely improve my process. So hopefully in this episode, we can both do that together. All right, let's jump in. What is vetting? What do you mean when you say you're vetting someone? Vetting is basically a process that we use to figure out if the person that we're talking to is compatible with us whether they have similar wants and desires, whether we're attracted to them, um, and also if they seem like a safe partner. My personal experience in the kink community um, in Townsville and also kind of in dating in general has been really positive. And I'm, I, I feel like there's a lot of negativity about these communities, um, that they're full of predators and they're really dangerous and I, that, sure, there's always going to be bad people out there that ruin it for everyone else. But my personal experience has been really positive. Um, so I don't want to scare you guys away from meeting other people in this space. Most people are just normal people, right? Um, but of course, we do need to arm ourselves with some skills for spotting the ones that aren't maybe so safe to play with as well. Each person's vetting process will look very different. So yours might be completely different to mine, depending on what we're looking for. So for example, some people, it's really important to, they want to make a connection with someone and get to know them a little bit before they're willing to have any sexual play with that person. And for other people, they want to keep their sexual play fairly anonymous. They don't want to get to know the person. They just want to have the sex without the the connection part. So already you can see that each of these people will have a very different vetting process because their wants and needs are quite different. So as you listen to this episode, I want you to keep in mind um, that you can just cherry pick what works for you. There's no right or wrong way to do this. Um, it's really quite a personal process, right? So I thought I'd tell you about my vetting process, um, if you can really call it that. It's quite informal. Um, usually if I'm looking to find a playmate, someone that I want to play with, um, the first thing I do, like most people is I check out their profile. That's the first point of call for most of us. Right. Um, 
And on their profile, I'm going to check for basic compatibilities. For example, I'm a sub, so I'm usually looking for a dom, um, not another sub. So tick, yep, they're a dom. Um, of course, I'm going to look at their photos if they have photos available. If they don't, that's makes things a little bit trickier. I would encourage you to put photos up if you're comfortable doing that. Um, only because I think it'll increase your chances of making connections, if that's what you're wanting out of your profile, I should say. And just a note on the photos. When I look at a photo of a potential playmate, I ask myself, could I find this person attractive? And the reason I say could is because, firstly, men are notoriously not very good at taking photos of themselves. We women have a lot more practice with selfies. Um, and also because while someone's physical appearance does, like it is a factor, I find that most of my attraction to someone comes from their personality once I get to know them. In fact, if I think about the people in my life that I'm most attracted to or have been most attracted to, in almost every case, I probably wouldn't have swiped right on Tinder based on a photo of them alone. It's the personality that I, that's what works for me. Um, so that's why I don't put too much weight on a photo. I just think, all right, could I be attracted to this person? The next thing that usually follows on from that is you have a conversation over DMs. Now, this is the point um, in the encounter that you might like to ask some of your vetting questions, which we're going to talk about in a minute, or you might prefer to ask those questions in person on like a coffee date or something. That's a personal preference. For me, I usually, one of the biggest things that I struggle with when finding someone I want to hook up with is that I, I struggle to find people that I'm attracted to, that I have chemistry with. And I don't know that until we meet in person. So there's not really a lot of point in me texting back and forth forever. So normally when I'm at uh, this first like stage of DMs, I just want to see, are they able to hold a conversation? Number one, because converse, um, communication, having good communication skills is extremely important in kink and BDSM. So can they hold a conversation? Are they showing me basic respect and courtesy? Um, and do we have common interests? Are we looking for something similar? And if the answer to all of those is yes, I will try and organise a coffee date. This is essentially my vetting process. I'm saying that with air quotes because it's not very intentional. It's very organic and what happens kind of naturally because I haven't really put any thought into it. Um, I'm a fairly intuitive person, so I think I do get a feel for what a person is like pretty quickly. But yeah, I've never really thought about creating a vetting process specifically. It's more about just chatting to people, right? Um, so I really enjoyed researching this topic because I think arming ourselves with a set of questions um, that are very specific to what we need to know is going to make this process so much easier for everyone involved. Firstly, I would recommend that you do exactly what I did yesterday, which is go to Google and search for vetting questions BDSM. And a ton of really good resources came up. So I would have a, a read through 
those lists of example questions and highlight the ones or write down the ones that you feel are relevant to you and what you're looking for, because we are all super different. That's exactly what I did yesterday. Um, I came up with a a good list of questions that I think will be the most useful um, that I can use when vetting potential play partners in the future. So I'm going to share with you my list. I've narrowed it down to a top 10. Um, I think you could really go to town with these questions, but it's more practical if you don't go overboard. Just choose the ones that are most useful for you because you don't want to end up interrogating someone, right? Um, So I'll read you my top 10. Eight of these are more about safety, like vetting for safety, um, and two of them are about compatibility, but they're big ones. So... I'll read you what I came up with and you can cherry pick from this list if you'd like and please go and find some of your own as well. All right, so my safety ones are how long have you been practicing BDSM? I think it's always good to get a gauge for how experienced people are and not because there's anything wrong with playing with newbies. People who are new are usually really fun and really excited but you do need to be aware of each other's experience levels and also if someone tells you that they're really experienced but they're not, and you can tell, massive red flag. Number two, is there anyone who would be hurt to find out that you are talking or meeting with me? This is a big one for me personally because it's just part of my values. I don't want um, any of my play experiences to end up hurting another person. If they've got a partner they haven't told me about or who isn't aware of the situation, I'm not here to judge if you do get involved in those situations. Life is complicated. But for me personally, I want to be aware. Is is there anyone that could be getting hurt by this? Number three, this is one of my favourites. Do you have any previous or current partners that I could speak to? This question alone I think is going to save a whole lot of shitty situations with not-so-safe people. If you are safe in the community and you've been involved in BDSM for a while, it's likely that you will have other partners that are willing to vouch for you. The flip side of that is that, in my experience, if there's a person in the community that is known to not be so safe, people want to look after each other and they will tell you. (laughs) They will tell you, look, he did this to me, she did this to me, massive red flags because of this. You can still make up your own decision. Um... What is a red flag to someone else mightn't be to you. That's fine. But yeah, it's it's almost like this one sounds a bit clinical, like it's a job interview or something and you need references. But if you can get references, I think you're really increasing the chances that this person is safe to play with and trustworthy. Number four, what are your hard and soft limits? Always really important to know this about someone. Um, And also if someone says that they have no limits, I would consider this to be a red flag. It's fine if people don't know what their limits are yet. That's completely understandable. But but yeah, if someone says they have no limits, I would question their um, self-awareness and that I'd say they haven't done much work on their own boundaries, being aware of their own boundaries, which is a huge red flag. Number five, what are your views on safe words? This is always really good to discuss. Um, And number six, what does aftercare look like for you? This is a really good opportunity for you to both discuss these things because they're really important aspects of BDSM play. Um, Just on that note, 
I would expect as you're going through this list and asking people questions, they're going to be asking you questions in return. You're going to be generating discussion. If they're not, again, I would think that would be a bit of a red flag because you want them to be showing interest and curiosity about your desires and your needs as well. Number seven, have you had anything go wrong in a scene and how did you handle it? This question can tell you a lot about a person. And number eight, are you comfortable communicating your boundaries? For example, saying no or speaking up when something doesn't feel good. This question is more geared towards doms looking for submissive partners. Um, You really want to make sure that your submissive is comfortable saying no. And if they're not, I would be very mindful of that and work out a way that they would feel more comfortable to say no or use a safe word. Purely because you don't want to end up harming them without meaning to. This question I would still definitely ask as a sub, I'm a sub myself, I would definitely ask a a Dom this question as well because it's just way better for everyone if we can all be really clear and communicate our boundaries. We want to make sure that everyone is having a fun time. All right, so they're my top eight safety vetting questions. Um, And the last two are more about sexual compatibility. Okay, so this is important because even though like if I'm a sub and I'm looking for a dom, there are very different types of doms out there that are going to be more or less compatible with me and what I'm looking for. There's daddy doms um, who like to take care of you or maybe they like age play, maybe they don't like age play. Um, There's more sadistic doms that might be into impact play or degradation play. Um, There's doms who like to have lots of protocol and rules um, and like enforcing punishments. All of these can look very different. And the same goes for subs. Um, For example, some subs are quite bratty and they would be more compatible with a brat tamer type of dom who likes to inflict punishments and rules and stuff. Um, Me, I'm a terrible brat. So that is something that is good to communicate from the start. If that's what they're looking for, I'm probably not your sub. I'm such a people pleaser that I just, it feels really unnatural to me to behave really bratty. I'm much more of a a little or a victim or um, to some extent a slave type sub. Anyway, I think I've made my point, which basically is just because one person's a dom and one person is a sub does not mean that you're necessarily compatible. I've gone on so many dates with doms and halfway through have found out that they're actually really uncomfortable with any kind of violent play or degradation play. And I'm like, oh, that's a big part of what I'm into. So probably not going to work. The best questions that I can think of to get this conversation going and get a real feel for the other person's desires um, are these two questions. So firstly, I would ask someone how they like to feel during a scene or during sex. And I mean that in terms of if they're a dom, do they like to feel powerful? Do they like to feel in control? Or do they like to feel more primal or caring? You see how each of these words describes a very different type of play. And similarly, similarly for subs, um, some subs might like to feel really vulnerable. Some might like to feel afraid. Some might like to feel naughty and cheeky or um, 
They might like to be obedient. Again, very different types of submissives. Now, I'm using dom-sub as an example here, but this can apply to any kind of kink role. If you're a masochist or a sadist or a switch or a daddy or a a pet or the, the list is endless. But yeah, I would definitely recommend asking someone how they like to feel during a scene. It's going to tell you a lot. And ask yourself this question too. How do you like to feel? All right, lastly, um, my last question is, I'd love to learn more about what turns you on. Could you tell me more about one of your fantasies? I think that learning about someone's fantasies is a really great window into what makes them tick. This is a very personal question, so pick your moment to ask this one. Um, It might be a lot to ask on a coffee date in a public place, Um, but I think this could be really good to know. Maybe you could follow up that date with a text message asking this question so they can think about their answer for a minute. So there you go. That is my top 10 vetting questions. Um, As I mentioned before, you don't want to make someone feel like they're being interrogated, which is why I wanted to limit it to 10 questions, I think is enough. Um, But you don't have to be super formal about this. You can just have these questions in the back of your mind and just ask them as they come up in conversation. Or maybe you would like to make this process a bit more formal. And in that case, I would just say to them, hey, I've actually got a list of questions that I like to ask people in these situations. Would you mind if I went through them with you? I think most people are going to be cool with that. In this world particularly, we like it when people know what they want um, and when they're good communicators. So doing something like this, I think, is going to go really well. I would also add to that um, to invite them to ask you questions in return. You want these questions to open up a dialogue between you. Again, we don't want to make this feel like an interrogation. And it's a really good sign if that other person is interested in you as well. Just lastly, before I wrap up this podcast, um, this point is probably more geared toward the ladies listening to this. Um, And I say this with love, but uh, one pitfall that I see a lot of women fall into is particularly if they've had some bad experiences or they've gotten out of a bad relationship and they're feeling really jaded, sometimes they've internalised these beliefs of all men are assholes, or I can never find anyone decent. And sometimes we use this vetting process to justify these beliefs. So what we're actually doing is actively looking for reasons not to connect with this person. You're looking for something wrong with them to prove to yourself, see, look, I was right. This guy's an asshole, just like all the other men. You don't want to get yourself into this mindset because you're not going to build good connections this way. And you might actually miss out on meeting someone really, really cool. So my parting advice on this topic is while we are on the lookout for red flags, and if you do see a red flag, please take notice of it. Or even if it's just a gut feeling, you're probably right. Um, So while we are on the lookout for red flags, we also want to be active about looking for positive connections. Look for things that you have in common. Look for things that are good about this person. This subtle mindset shift will do you wonders and help you meet really great people. Um, And I say this with a lot of 
uh, passion because this was a big part of the reason that I met Slade. Um, I met him on a uh, dating app called Field um, and his profile was all right. But if I'd been looking for something wrong with him, I would have found it. But I wasn't. I was really intentional about looking for positive connections. And I remember he had a, um, a point on there about he was into D&D and I'd been talking to my friend the other day about how I wanted to learn how to play D&D. So I thought at the very least I can talk to this guy about D&D and maybe I can learn about the game. And that was enough. That was enough to say yes to a coffee date. And here we are, I don't know, two and a half years later, we live together. He's the fucking love of my life. So positive connections. <laughs> All right, I'm going to leave it there. Hopefully you've got something out of this episode. Um, best of luck with any future vetting that you end up doing. Um, and please do your homework. Please Google vetting questions for BDSM um, and let me know how you go. I'd actually love to know what is what is your favourite vetting question to ask. If Maybe you've got something that I haven't mentioned here. Um, you can reach out to me through the Harley Rabbit website or through FetLife. Um, those links will be in the show notes. Thanks again for joining me in the new year and I look forward to bringing you lots more episodes like this one. Till next time, play safe, have fun, and I'll catch you soon. Bye. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Into it. Thanks for listening to Turns Out I'm Into It. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. This will help other people just like you to find this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley Rabbit website. My name on Fet is Harley Rabbit, or one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink. Bye.